Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. Today, I have Rachel Thompson on the podcast with me. She is the founder of Bad Redhead Media, a company that helps authors create effective social media and book marketing campaigns. In this episode, we'll take a closer look at her journey from blogging to starting her own company. Before we begin the discussion, I just wanted to let all of our listeners know that you can reach out to me and my team for any help related to PR, content marketing, social media marketing, CR, and more. We offer end-to-end services as well as consultation services to help you grow your business. For more details, you can check out my website at shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. We've been going back and forth the last few months, and so we're excited about having you on the podcast today. And I figure let's kind of like set the table a little bit. I know the audience always kind of, you know, some people know who you are and, and your past and your history, which obviously we'll go into. And other people want to kind of know, like, that don't know you, kind of like, let's get a little history from you. So where did you grow up? Let's kind of go into that. We'll kind of set the table here a little bit. California, kind of all over. California started in uh, the Inland Empire, San Bernardino. And my folks were not happy being in that area because it was just so congested and smoggy. So my dad moved us up to Northern California. So that's primarily where I grew up. Awesome. And when we say Northern California, where in Northern California? Sacramento area. Okay. I'm in Sacramento. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. I'm literally in East Sacramento. That's that's actually where I, my home is Sacramento and I use it as a hub to travel all over. That's why I was kind of curious. You said Northern California. It's like, mm, let me see where she's from. So yeah. are you still in Northern California? Yeah, I'm still in Northern California. My, my folks moved to Fair Oaks and stayed there for many, many years. And then as they got older and all of us kids moved away, they ended up in Roseville in a Sun City <laughs> you know, area. My wife's aunt and uncle live there. We, in fact, we yeah. just visited in the Sun City up there. Beautiful. It's yeah. a nice little spot. Yeah. yeah. They're all over. Yeah. Placer County. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge, 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 yeah. huge little golf courses. And it's all this little, now it's probably a little quarantine, but other than that, it's an, it's an awesome place to be for sure. So how big was your family growing up? Well, for many, many years, it was my sister and I, she's older by about three years and then me. And then when I was 10, my parents had a surprise baby, another girl, so three girls, no boys. We're all very close. And two of us are here now in Northern California. And then my younger sister and her husband uh, kind of move all over. They work for the government. And Mm. so right now they're based in San Antonio. Gotcha. And so give us an interesting fact about your family growing up. Is there anything that you're like, a lot of people don't know this, or we always did this? Is there any traditions or anything fun? Well, my family, my parents, uh, very influenced by their Jewish religion. So that for them was a big deal, especially my older sister and I, not so much. We yeah. kind of just abandoned the whole thing, especially me, because I decided in, when I was a sophomore that cheerleading was more important than going to confirmation classes. So I just exit stage left. <laughs> my younger sister is very much into it. She has three children and decided that she was absolutely going to raise them Jewish. So for her, it's, it's really an important part of everything that they do. Interestingly, her husband is not Jewish, but he's totally cool with it. For me, I didn't raise my kids. Either way, I have two children. Mm-hmm. I just decided they could choose. You know, you, you raise your kids. Do you have children? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. My, I have a, a son. Okay. So I have two, daughter who's 20 and a son who's 14. And, you know, for me, it was you raise them with good morals and values. Although I still take them over to my folks for things like Passover yeah. or... Hanukkah and things like that. But I also temper it with, you know, we want to 
expose them to other things like Christmas and Easter. So for me, it's not so much about the religion as it is the knowledge of understanding other religions and more traditions, I think, than anything else. Yeah, I think for me, it's like being culturally aware. Right. That there's yeah. other things out there. And, and also to me, that's that's awesome. Like I would, you know, I was raised my dad. So long story short, I don't even know if anybody in my audience knows this, but I was actually adopted, which is a whole nother story. But he was Jewish and actually still is Jewish now that I think about it. And, and it, since I was four years old. And so my family wasn't didn't do heavy things on the, in regards to the Jewish side of things. But we did mm-hmm. celebrate Christmas and stuff. But I, I've always been I've done a lot of world traveling. And I'm saying that in the sense that I love those different types of cultures. Right. I love different things and different festivals and this. I'm very open minded to that kind of thing. And it kind of sounds like you are too, right? Obviously your family was this way and you said, we're not necessarily going to fully go that way. But the thing is, is it'll still be in our, in our part of our family and the way that we do things. And it's very accepted, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because friends will come to me and they'll say, well, what is the meaning behind this Jewish holiday? And I'm like, I don't know, Google it. I have no idea. Yeah. Just not that person. Let me me look in my Jewish book. Hold on one second. Oh, here we go. Look at what we have here. Yeah. Uh, It's always funny. I mean, you know, this is, this is also another thing. It was funny when I was traveling. This was when I was very young. Uh, There was a a church camp we went to. And I remember being from California. The first thing I asked me was like, do you surf to school? And so I'm like, "Mm, like, just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you know everything about the Jewish religion or anything. It's like, just because I'm from California doesn't mean that we all surf to school. I mean, and then what I would tell them is like, of course, no, I mean, how can I surf to school? My surfboard doesn't fit my locker. And they'd be like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. totally, bro. Like, sounds good. So anyways, it's kind of fun when you think about that. It's like, you know, or when somebody goes, oh, you're from Sacramento. Hey, do you know John, John Smith? And I'm like, John Smith in Sacramento? Shut the front door. How do you know John? I'm like, John Smiths there are in Sacramento anyway. So it's, it is kind of funny when people think that it's like, that kind of makes me laugh. So did you go to college? I mean, did you go to college here in Northern California or where did you, did you do continued education or you just jump in and became, you're just extremely smart? Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. No, I went to Sac State. Yeah. I graduated from there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh God, this is so it's so funny when I interview people, you just never know what they're going to say. So, I mean, I went to Sac State as well. I graduated with my marketing degree from Sac State. So, it's mm-hmm. Sac State is literally a mile and a half from my house. Oh, like okay. we were there yesterday with my wife. We walk our dogs there. Well, now that Aww. with the whole thing that's going on, yeah, we're there all the time. So, it's kind of nice to see the campus grow because when I was there many moons ago, we won't go into how long ago that was, mm-hmm. but there was, I mean, it's just a, it was a small little campus, right? And now it's like yeah. absolutely grown. I mean, now they've got the, the welcome center and all this other stuff. And it's awesome. You know, football team did well this year. And so anyways, there's some, some cool stuff. It's, I've become more and more proud of Sac State, right? Of, of the different things that they've done over the last year. So it's, it's been awesome. So it's awesome. So what, going through college and stuff, what was your degree in college? Communication studies with a minor in journalism. So I wanted to write. I always wanted to be a writer since I was 10, but I didn't know how to fit that into making it a career. So the close, they didn't have a creative writing major when I was there. So the closest I could get was journalism, but there weren't enough journalism classes to make it a major. So the closest I could get, this was in the eighties, the closest I could get was communication studies. And so that's what I ended up with. It's funny. So that's, it kind of was the same thing when I went to school, I was uh, entrepreneurship. I'd already owned my own businesses and I wanted to take classes. And at that time there was like one entrepreneurship class, you know, there was no real, it was kind of like, Hey, we're going to train you to, to work for a business, which is not a bad thing or for a company. And that's awesome. But you know, I'm like, well, Hey, what about, you know, what about if I want to do my own thing? They're like, what do you mean do your own thing? I'm like, like, 
I've already done it and I just want to learn more about it. So it's interesting. I know now they have tons of, you know, obviously it's creative English and all that kind of fun stuff and, and entrepreneurship classes. I think it's really flourished, but, um, I, yeah, it was, well, that's, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of aging ourselves a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. I know (laughs) I started college when I was seven and I think you were three years old when you started. So it's, we're still in that relative age, give or take a few years. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what was your, what was your dream job out of college? Like what were you looking to do? Obviously with the communications and a journalism background. Well, of course, I wanted to be a writer and I did internships for various magazines and but there were no jobs in the Sacramento area for writers Mm -hmm. unless you wanted to go to work for a newsroom or something. So, you know, and those were very few and far between. I had sold some articles to some magazines while I was in uh, my journalism classes. And it was funny because I was one of the few that was able to do that. And my journalism teacher really encouraged me to go freelance and try it that way. But that wasn't going to pay my rent. So I ended up interviewing for a pharmaceutical job (laughs) only because my older sister was already working for a pharmaceutical company and had met the man that she was going to marry. I was at her engagement party and I met her boss and he said, well, I have a spot to fill. If there's one great person from your family, there's got to be another and come interview with me. And I did. And I ended up getting the job. And so that kind of started me down the role, the road to being a pharmaceutical rep, which really wasn't my planned career. But I ended up having that drive to excel, probably the perfectionistic tendencies that I have anyway, (laughs) led me down that road. And I ended up doing that for 17 years, different companies working. I ended up back East working in the home office, doing training, you know, kind of utilizing those skills that I had with communication studies, writing, creating programs, things like that. And pharmaceutical sales, I mean, that's not a bad industry to be in. Last time I checked, it's not going anywhere. You know, I mean, I I have a lot of friends that actually had a sex state that, you know, that, you know, went and interviewed and actually got jobs with pharmaceutical companies, which is a great career. You know, I know it's gotten a lot harder over the years, the last probably 10, 15 years, just because of before you used to be able to meet with the doctors individually and bring over donuts and cupcakes and all the other fun stuff. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, Hey, you can't do that. Cause you might be swaying Dr. Johnson. Cause he's, you know, high on sugar all the time. And, you know, yeah. so kind of looking yeah. at like, what can we do there? So yeah, it's interesting. So I think, yeah, pharmaceutical reps, not a bad, that's a good Sacramento job for, well, good anywhere job. Like I said, a lot of my friends made really good money out of college. It's yeah. a grind though, right? I mean, it's sales for sure. Like you're going to, you know, you got how many gatekeepers in front of that doctor and, you know, you got the receptionist that's protecting them and you're trying to get in there. And so it's a cutthroat business, but I do think it is awesome for sales, right? I mean, just going in there and better understanding like psychology and how to work with people and how to get around that person and how to be able to work with people and, and, and sell stuff. I, for a very short period of time, I actually worked at a call center. Um, and the reason why I did it, well, A, because my friend owned the call center and needed help, but was B, because it was also going to help me with sales. And I knew that I would go in, even though I hated it. I mean, it was, I was telemarketing. I was like that guy that would call, you know, when you and your family were just sitting down to lunch you know, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Let's go ahead and say a prayer or let's hang out or whatever. And I'm like, hey, Hey, you want to refi your house? And they're like, no, I hate you. And you're like, cool. Thanks for everything, man. I'm like hanging up. Yeah. I will have to tell you that my numbers were pretty low when it came to calls compared to everybody else. Cause I hate, I didn't enjoy doing it, but I knew that I would learn something from it. And that was 
where I learned kind of, you know, sales and how to talk with people. And, you know, I mean, you're really calling it the worst time about things that people don't want to want to do. And you're trying to convince them, you know? And so you see that, you see a lot with like Mormons, like Mormons are usually great salespeople because for two years, they're knocking on doors, trying to convince people to change their full religion or jump. I mean, that's a huge sale, right? I mean, you're like, Hey, yes. choose everything that you know about, and let's go ahead and get you a jump on with me, this guy on a bike and a white, you know, white check or shirt that I just, you know, and when I want to go ahead and have you jump on with my religion, like that's a pretty hard sale. So yeah. interesting, our backgrounds on, on how that, that plays out in regards mm-hmm. to sales and how we did things. So how did that work? So, cause obviously you, you did the pharmaceutical sales and then you jumped into blogging and writing. So kind of tell us a little bit how that happened. Cause we obviously got, you know, you're kind of like me, there's like three venture or arms of what you do. Right. And so I think we'll kind of touch on that a little bit, but like, how did yeah. you get into blogging and stuff like that? Well, after pharma, I ended up quitting. Um, I had my daughter and it was so hard once you become a mom to be away from your child. And then my, well, my ex-husband now, but we were still married at the time, worked from home. So I kind of had sort of a a mini meltdown because um, being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, it was very difficult for me after I had my daughter to feel secure mm-hmm. in keeping her safe. So not that I didn't trust my husband, of course I did, but we brought someone into the home, a nanny who was sweet and wonderful, but psychologically it was very, very difficult for me to be away from her. And so I developed anxiety and depression and eventually I was diagnosed with having PTSD from the whole oh, yeah. trauma for sure. Yeah. Trauma. And, um, I got help. Thank goodness. And after about, well, I would say about three or four years of being apart from her, we decided to have another child and I just couldn't get pregnant, probably from the stress of all of it. Yeah, for sure. And there were other things happening in the industry. I'm not going to go into that, but eventually I just quit. And within a year I was pregnant. So obviously stress had a lot to do with it. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah. So um, I had my son. And then after about a year or two of that, being home, taking care of the kids, I was pretty much losing my mind. So I got into blogging, which was really coming into its own at that point. It was probably, I had him in 2005. So around 2007, 2008, I started writing about relationship issues in a humorous way. Um, You know, just like I finally get the kids down and my ex-husband was a slammer. So, you know, he'd go out the garage door and slam it. And then the kid would start crying and I'd be like, oh my God, can he just not slam? (laughs) Yeah. Um, or, you know, like how hard is it to change, to put on a new roll of toilet paper? You know, when you live somebody for so long, it's those like tube of toothpaste kind of things that get to you. Right. So I just started writing about those types of things and I garnered a fairly large following. So eventually I wrote two satirical humor books about relationships, marriage, being a parent, silly things based on my blogs. And then my blog just blew up. So those were my first two books. And what I learned to go back to being a pharmaceutical rep, I just wanted to, and trainer, is that social media is a great way to listen and interact with people and build relationships. And that's really what I excelled at when I was a rep was not so much, you know, hi, Dr. Shane, you need to write my drug. And if you don't write my drug, I'm going to come in here every day and 
you know, be all over you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It was just, Hey, how's your wife? What's going on with the kids? Did you get in a golf game today? How did you do? Yeah. You know, I got to talk about my drug, you know, otherwise I can't call it a call, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Relationship building. Exactly. And so that's what I was really good at. I was very successful. I won a ton of awards. And again, not to brag at all, it's just the reason I did well was because I focused on not what the company line was with my little sales aid and going down each point. It was interacting with them and listening to them and understanding maybe they're having a bad day and they don't want to hear my spiel about whatever the drug was, it was just knowing and reading them. And that's why for me, social media and book marketing isn't all about self-promotion. I do very little of that. Right now, my books are free. So I'm letting people know my books are free. I'm not making any money on these books right now. I'm just hoping that people are able to read my stuff and maybe it'll help them in their book marketing or if they're a survivor, they'll know they're not alone. That's really what I'm doing with my books right now. We'll touch upon that and talk about book marketing in our next podcast episode. We'll be in touch soon, so stay tuned to Shane Barker's Marketing Growth Podcast.